Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of About to Review, the podcast where we review movies and TV shows and music and other things. Uh, I am your host, that guy named John, and I am joined by Andy. Hey, how's it going? It is going great. So this is going to be a, not a two-part, but a two-review episode. Two-fisted. Two-fisted review, punchy-punchy. Uh, so the first movie we're going to be talking about is Hardcore Henry, and the second movie is going to be pretty much the complete opposite. There, there's no way that there could be any two movies less similar. Yeah, pretty much. So the second movie we're going to be reviewing is Jungle Book <laughs> by John Favreau. So, all right. So we're going to start with Hardcore Henry, which is directed by Ilya Nyshuler, who is pretty much a first-time director. This is his first movie uh produced by uh go on try it okay uh well actually i want to hear it well i wrote out how to say oh here it is okay timur bekmambetov bekmambetov yep that guy uh now where have i heard of him before so you have heard of him if you have seen some we started with doing smaller russian movies like day watch and night watch which were vampire supernatural uh movies heavy on special effects some yeah blood and fighting maybe yep uh pretty much and he actually i mean his visual styling uh when he produced those i mean totally different than hardcore henry but he has a very unique style could could we say that he is a uh you know uh style over i mean form over function style over content uh, uh yeah i mean he focuses a lot more on visuals than he does on storyline we can pretty mm, much say that mm-hmm. um i will say though that the best use of closed captioning is is are his movies so in day watch which came out i think in like 2004 something like that mm-hmm. it was the first time that closed captioning was pretty much a character in the movie if someone was whispering it would kind of you know fade in uh, there were parts where it would kind of like drip off like blood. So it's a real part of the movie. Yeah. And so it, it made it a character as opposed to just something you're watching that definitely carries over into hardcore Henry. There's one scene in particular where <laughs> people are kind of yelling at each are other, they talking over each other. And, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, so kind of what we, yeah, so what we're like. doing. So if we were to do that <laughs> and as the closed captioning is happening, they just keep stacking over each other and getting bigger and bigger. I didn't know what was going on at first. And then I realized I'm like, that's, I've never seen that before. That's really clever. Yeah, so it was really cool. So I liked his his visual stylings for that. Uh, the I will say two stars of the movie. I mean, the, there there was one major star, uh, and that is Shalto Copley, right? Who you will probably recognize from a bunch of South African movies, South African movies. Yes, so like District Nine, Chappie. Uh, those are some recent ones. Uh, the antagonist was a guy I did not pronounce or did not practice the pronunciation Denela Kozlovsky oh, that one was pretty easy yeah. I could do that all day sure uh, and then Haley Bennett uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> who comes from the far land of Ohio but it's eastern Ohio John. eastern Ohio yeah so actually I don't know if it is eastern Ohio yeah I, like, I have no idea where it is either so that is kind of the, the people who are involved as far as storyline Andy take it away 
<laughs> well, uh, I just really like story, putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that storyline. Well, I mean, the reason why I think I'm being put on the spot here is that I'm really not sure there is much of a storyline other than um, go. And, and, and it's go and go and go. I mean, okay, roughly what's, what, what we're going to, without putting in too many spoilers, uh-huh. is that we have someone who is maybe uh, resurrected. If he's not dead at the beginning of the movie, he right. probably was very, very close to dead. He's, he's being rebuilt as a kind of a, a cyborg, a very special, one-of-a-kind kind of thing. He's got no memory of what happened to him or how he got into this status. And almost from the beginning of the movie, he is being chased by uh, what can only be described as uh, some kind of psychotic, telekinetic megalomaniac who's who's after him. And other three-syllable words. <laughs> was that that was more than three? Come on. Um, what is what why is he chasing him why does he want him why does he maybe what does he want him dead does he want him alive does he want him to be part of his oh he's not a, oh he's not uh, there's going to be a cyborg army mm-hmm. um why why who cares what does yep. it matter that's not the point the point is that we are going to chase and you're going to be chased and we're going to fight and there is going to be blood Everywhere. Oh, people, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, people, cyborgs, uh, animals probably, uh, plants are all going to no, die. No, animals were harmed during the film. They're this all movie. going to die. Um, and, and you know what? I don't think it really matters. The story is, is beside the point. Although I will uh, point out that I, I actually liked what they did with the – I've got to avoid too many spoilers here – but the Charlotte Copley mm-hmm. – characters can we yes, say absolutely i i, yep. I thought I, I i liked what they did with hymns <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, what do you think give me give me some impressions john okay so i mean yeah first of all it is a visual spectacle uh if you could not tell from the trailer which you should be able to tell from the trailer the whole movie from beginning to end and i honestly was not sure if they're going to do it the whole time or if they were going to kind of work in some other ways, the entire movie is first person perspective from the person Henry from the person slash cyborg slash action hero Henry. So yeah, I mean, and Andy is right from the beginning to the end, it is go. And that was really great. So my, my thing though, with the first person, I was a little bit worried because you know, when you think of the first probably 15 minutes of Saving Private Ryan and that, you know, camera pr- perspective where it is shaking and shaking and a lot of people got sick and a lot of people could not handle it, I was legitimately worried that that was going to be the case with this and that I predicted two people would walk out of the theater because they could not handle it. Was I mistaken? Yes. Which is good. <laughs> no one walked out of the theater. Except to go to the bathroom, maybe. Ah, right. <clears throat> they did come back. That is true. Uh, so yeah, that was very, very interesting. And if you can make it through the first 15 to 20 minutes, you should be fine. But it really does take you that time for your eyes and your brain to adjust to a movie like this. I'm going to say, John, actually, that I, I can't really say that I adjusted to it. Right. I, I mean, sort of, I, I, I started to get a kind of a a light headache Mm -hmm. fairly immediately. (laughs) 
Let's call it in the credits. A, a, in the credits, maybe a little bit of vertigo, a little mm-hmm. nausea, and uh, I mean, it, it didn't develop into like a full-on head spinning, head aching, right. vomiting on the floor kind of thing. But I mean, I, I I felt that the whole way through, and and I thought once the movie's over, I'll walk out, I'll mm-hmm. get uh, some fresh air, I'll be fine. Yeah, how did that now, work out for well, you? <laughs> yeah, how did that? You know what? I I drove home. I'm sure I'm going to be better. I uh, sort of like do things around the house, pet the cat, um, right. uh, maybe a load of laundry. Uh, you know, I mean, I could <laughs> as long go as you're on. not sitting right in front of the dryer as it spins, <laughs> you should be okay. I could go on, and then I went to bed, and I, I still had that same feeling until I fell asleep. So, I mean, I, I'm sure my personal experience is not the same as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's going to be a wide range of responses yeah, and people absolutely. are going to be nauseated by watching this movie. They're going to get headaches and not going to be able to watch it if they watch it in a movie theater. I don't know. Maybe on a small screen, you're not going to have the same effects. Yeah, oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I definitely think that, A, you should see this in the theater. I mean, it in a big screen, you know, there were parts of it when he is crawling through you know, some duct work in a vehicle of some sort. When he was doing that, like there were parts where you really did feel like you were in it. Uh, But yeah, I do think that if you were to watch it at home and you have steady imagery around you, then it will not be too bad. Uh, But yeah, the, the going back to the antagonist uh, whose name was Akan Mm -hmm. or Akan. The thing that I really liked about his character is that you did not really get his backstory. He came in in the first three minutes, starts his telekinetic stuff of throwing people around, and throughout the whole movie, you kind of get glimpses of his plan and you know what he wants to do, but we never understood where he got his powers, what his motivations were, where he came from, and I really liked part of that because it shows you, give some credit to the audience. You do not need to explain every little thing and every idiosyncrasy about every character. Just give it, let, let us have some faith and just go. I'm going to guess he wants to take over the world, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I still am not sure. Like straight from Wikipedia, uh, first person action film from the eyes of Henry, who is resurrected from death with no memory. He must discover his identity and save his wife from a warlord with a plan to bioengineer soldiers. Mm. To what end would he buy it? He just likes, he likes bi- uh, bioengineering soldiers. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all of that aside, the action was breakneck action, and I mean that literally. Stop. Yeah, and it, I mean it was it was tremendous. I watched some of the behind the scenes footage of it. The get the stunt people who are wearing these you know GoPro specially designed GoPro. Uh, contraptions while they are jumping over cars while they are doing flips i mean it was it was incredible are you are you telling me that there was more than one person there uh, what there there is a team of crazy russian stunt people <laughs> doing doing this and and i was i was really blown away by some of the action i was also worried that if you guys remember uh the movie doom which was terrible based on the video game which the video game just like most video games is done in first person they tried that in a movie, in the movie, and it failed miserably. This which, one, I mean, okay, that, which brings up the, my my big issue mm-hmm. is: was this just a uh, a first person shoot the game uh, in the movie? 
in the movies in the movie theater short answer yes but was did they do it very well absolutely to me because not only was it you know uh would you pick up guns from all over the place be firing them but there's hand-to-hand combat that there were times when i kind of wish that it would pull back a little bit so you could see some of what was going on Mm -hmm. but for what it was i mean the action was was exceptionally well done i could not find out who the stunt choreographer or fight choreographer was, but they definitely get some big kudos. Absolutely. But I, I, I agree with you is that when, when you are the first person, there's a lot of flailing limbs and stuff mm-hmm. that, that would, would be better. I mean, as a visual experience, if, if, you, if the camera was further away and you could actually see the, the, the impacts and, and wave, you know, things were flying here and there and what, what the protagonist is actually doing, which you really can't when you're the first person. You just see kind of like, whoa, whoa, a that lot. person in front of me has just gone down because I did something that's off screen. A little bit, yeah. And speaking of things flying, so there are two things. If you are squeamish and you get vertigo, you might have a rough time. If you're squeamish, if you see blood and guts and violence, this is, this is going to be a rough movie for you. I mean, it's going to be really rough yeah. uh, in the credits. At the very beginning credits was possibly like the, the most trauma-inducing credits that I've seen. Really? Yeah, did you okay. not? Were you out getting popcorn or something, John? When, <laughs> I'm trying when to remember exactly what happened in the credits. Oh, uh, the, the slow motion. Oh. Slow motion, okay. uh, impacts of varying kinds. Yeah. Qu- very, know, very graphic. Uh, extraordinarily graphic. But, I mean, at least it kind of sets the tone right from the beginning, and you're not going to be surprised by any of the extreme violence throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, I mean, if you can get it through the credits, you can make it through the rest of the movie. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, Are you ready to walk out during the credits, though? I, I would not say with, that. With small children. Okay, Medium-sized yes. children, actually, you know. <laughs> um, so the director of this, uh, Ilya Neischuler. So the way that he got this movie made is a pretty awesome story. So he has a band called Biting Elbows, and he started experimenting with music videos a few years ago. The first one was called Stampede, where it was a first-person perspective of a guy in an office who was trying to escape the office. And, of course, he gets into a bunch of fights and altercations. That's a big surprise. Right. Imagine that. So he went on from that and did some other first person movies. And then he went on Indiegogo after he had made this movie and did crowdfunding. And it was a huge success. So the fact that this went from, you know, music video director to then making a huge movie like this. I mean, that, that is a really cool story. And I, I was very uh, aware of his achievements throughout it. Then there was a, a lot of money in this movie yeah was a but lot of money. a lot of the money in it what was great is to see a lot of folks on practical effects like there really was not too much cgi especially when you watch the behind the scenes things when there's fire coming out of everywhere when you see the stunt people jumping from vehicle to vehicle you know it reminded me almost of mad max fury road in that sense where when you are watching it you're like that looks pretty pretty incredible and then you watch the behind the scenes and you recognize that they are actually doing a lot of this stuff Mm, mm -hmm. that was a cool uh that was just it was a cool part of the process to see so uh and then charlto copley i mean yeah he he pretty much runs the show i mean he drives the movie giving it narrative uh in various ways uh 
throughout the whole thing. I, it, it, I have to say, it was almost like he was in a, a, a different movie. Um, huh. He because he was the. I mean, for me, he was the only really interesting character in the fleshed movie. out fleshed, character. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Left <laughs> fleshed out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Sadly, many times. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he he did a tremendous job uh, in terms of the acting. I, I felt that he was really the only one who put in, um, uh, you know, a, a really great acting, uh, you know, sort of a job in, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've been impressed by everything that he's he's done that I've seen up to this point, and this okay. was uh, this was a continuation of that. So the big question is, do you think this movie will be a pioneer? And that we will see more first-person either action or first-person just storyline movies. I think it's inevitable. Yeah? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think it will be very interesting the next person to do this. Because whenever you pioneer something and you do a feature-length film in first-person, the next person to do it, I think that is kind of that tipping point. Well, I'd really be interested to find out if people... Uh, who, who play a lot of first-person shooter-type mm-hmm. games, if they can really get into this if this is this really appealing to them i mean because is it is it not true that that games are a bigger industry than than movies at at the moment in terms of sales and stuff absolutely yeah and for those of you who who are wondering the last video game that andy played was asteroids um and or pong so it, it was a couple years ago but yes video games have way more uh exposure and they make way more way more the (laughs) <laughs> they make a lot more money than movies do these days. So get them into the movie theaters by creating movies which are first-person shooter games. Possibly. But that being said, most video game adaptations into movies fail miserably. So, I, I mean, yeah, I will be excited to see the next wave of this if it ends up happening. Do I want it to be a video game? No. But I would be interested to see what else they do. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So on to do we do we are we supposed to uh, give some kind of scoring I know. on this? Uh, uh, yes, John? yes, oh, we should. Tell me about it. So the maybe, rate- maybe could, could we do like stars, like five stars, or mm. maybe scores out of ten? Uh, nope, nope, none of that. You have three choices. Uh, so the rating system. If this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, there are three options: good, bad or ugly that is it that's not enough i i think it is uh so good bad and ugly good ranges from it was good to exceptional bad that it was a decent movie that you not really regret seeing you just are not going to rush out and see it again ugly avoid at all costs so with that very amazing and not elaborate rating system andy what do you give this movie Oh my gosh. Um it's 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 actually really tough for me because in many ways I want to shield uh folk who who are easily nauseated or or mm-hmm. easily get headaches Look from an Andy experience looking, looking out for the common person. I I yeah, yeah. I mean, and the children. I'm thinking of the children too. Right. <laughs> but um so so I'm I I, I could have almost give it uh, an mm-hmm. ugly Frankly, I could almost no, yeah, no. Hear me out. I could almost Uh, give it an ugly just because I, I thought it was, um, it was too much. I think your opinion of that is ugly. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of um of bad just because wow. it, it, yeah I accept that that it, it stands out because it's the first first person you know all the way through mm-hmm. action movie that, that I think that we can think of um, yeah as far as as far as full full length absolutely yeah yeah I I enjoyed uh, the Shalto Copley um, persona mm-hmm. personas. And, I'm not doing too many spoilers, John. Okay. Um, And uh, what else? And yeah, the action from what I could tell of it, you know, between squinting vertigo induced eyes was, was very effective, but I I cannot, could I recommend it beyond that? Uh, Not really. So I'm, uh, I mean, I kind of like on the cusp, bad on the cusp, bad on the veering towards ugly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um. Yeah. I. I disagree. I. I really enjoyed. No. Really. I know. Right. Imagine that. I really enjoyed this movie. Um. I thought the pace was great. I thought the just the unique visual stylings. Again, going back to the closed captioning. Going back to the way the action was taking place. Uh, so I. I really enjoyed it. So I. I absolutely give this a good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> with with the dramatic pause from Andy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I don't see how, but okay, fine. All right, whatever. fair enough. So that was our review for Hardcore Henry. Andy gave it a bad. I gave it a good. So we're moving on to the next part of the episode, which is our review, <laughs> again, of... Uh, if you look at a spectrum, this is on the complete far opposite the end. Necessities of life will come to you. Yeah, uh, ooh, not too much, because we might get sued for copyright. Uh, so, um, when I said when I said bare necessities, that was B A R E, not B E. Right. A. The interesting uh, thing about Jungle Book is technically it is in public domain, but since Disney made the movie and wrote the songs, they still own all of those. Damn it! Yeah. Can we even name the movie then? Yes. So the movie is called <laughs> Jungle Book. Copyright. Uh, directed by John Favreau and starring Neil Seti in. His first performance. Uh, his first ever performance? I believe so, yeah. Wow. He is a young kid, and I, I'm not sure if he did some smaller things, but I, I think as far as a movie, yeah, this is his first full-length movie. He did a short called Diwali back in 2013, but that is it. Hmm. So he That's is the only, the only human in this movie. And so, yeah, I mean, other than that, it stars... I mean, a whole bunch of recognizable people. You have Ben Kingsley as Bagheera, Bill Murray as Baloo, Idris Elba as Shere Khan, Lupita Nyong'o as Raksha, Scarlett Johansson as Ka. So those are the main ones. And then Christopher Walken as King Louie. (laughs) (laughs) He had to get in it, didn't he? He he had to. We, Um, We love him. So as far as the cast and as far as the performances... What were your impressions, Andy? Um, what am I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Starting off with a caveat, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> Here's the thing. I I, I liked Neil Seti's performance as mm-hmm. as Mowgli. Um, he was very consistent throughout the whole movie. Um, his facial expressions were bright and, I mean, sort of uh, naturalist. Yeah. He, he didn't come across as acting uh, a lot of the time. What I, what I felt was a l- little bit grating to me, and, mm. and I wonder why, but 
the the American accent that he had just it it, it kind of stood out because I'm of the school of thought that when you do uh, a movie set in another country where everybody's speaking English, they should all have uh, an English accent because that kind of fits somehow in a weird kind of way. Right. I, I can definitely see what you mean. Um, so, yes, he does have, you know, an American English accent. Uh, and he was raised by, you know, the wolves, just like the story goes. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o is his mother, uh, Raksha. And her accent is pretty much American English. Um, Giancarlo Esposito uh, was his kind of pseudo father figure. Uh, Bagheera, you know, being Ben Kingsley, did his Ben Kingsley voice. So it was interesting when you think about that. I mean, if you put yourself in any other situation where you're growing up around accents, you generally kind of have one. So I can see what you mean, but to me, it did not take me out of it. Mm. Uh, it, 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 see, that, that's the thing is that it did kind of take me out of the movie just a little bit. Okay. But, you know, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I, I, well, I mean, while we're, we're on, while I'm on the issue of accents, uh-huh. um, isn't it kind of strange a coincidence again that mm-hmm. the the evil character uh, is an English actor with an English accent? Yeah, which to that Idris Elba as Shere Khan, good God, he is perfect. I mean, because Idris Elba's tone. And voice in general, it just, it fit a tiger. I mean, it, it made complete sense. He is a tiger. Yeah. Uh, so that that portrayal, I mean, I thought was excellent. Now with Baloo, with Bill Murray as Baloo, Bill Murray loves being Bill Murray, and and that totally comes across. But as a bear, it made sense. Like it it fit to me. It totally oh, fit the character. Yeah. And it just because when you see him and he is just this big you know, lumbering beast that is trying to get Mowgli to do things. It just, it made sense. Yeah. Really laid back mm-hmm. and um, fun loving and, uh, but in, in a quiet, gentle kind of sort of way. Oh yeah, kid. Yeah. yeah. I can't do it. No. Uh, <laughs> that, that was Andy's <laughs> Bill Murray impersonation. Bill Murray, yeah. uh, Scarlett Johansson as Ka was, I mean, kind of under, uh, not kind of, I think was underutilized. Um, with what she was given, she was good, but it was, it was not much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was, it was a cameo essentially. Pretty much. They did give her the opportunity to, you know, sing cause famous song, trust me or trust in me, um, during the end credits. So that was one of the things going into this movie that I was not sure how they were going to do. Cause in one of the trailers you did see, a little bit of Baloo singing Bare Necessities. They never really went into if this was going to be a musical, if this is going to be like how they were going to kind of go about that. I didn't, I really didn't miss um, most of the songs. Um, and and when they did come in, were were they, did they fit? Yeah, in, in the circumstances where they had them, they, they fit. I agree with Baloo. I agree with Bare Necessities. When King Louis start singing his song that one felt a little bit odd uh it because with with any musical and i I love musical theater full disclosure it needs to 
make sense within that universe. It needs to be when someone starts singing or dancing, it kind of makes sense. With King Louis, with his portrayal leading up to the song, it was kind of surprising that he started then just breaking into song. Are, are you saying that there can't be fun-loving uh, musical dictators? Fun-loving musical dictators. Mm-hmm. Uh, is King Louis one of those? Sure. Um, now, when it comes to King Louis in particular, the visuals of King Louis were spectacular. I mean, they, I mean, they were flawless. I mean, he was significantly larger than... I don't get the reasoning behind that exactly. Yeah, there were definitely... I mean, the wolves were you know, a little bit larger than normal. Bagheera was a little bit larger. Blue was quite a bit larger. King Louis is gigantic. I mean, this is King Kong, basically. Mm-hmm. So that, that was weird when you're going with the pseudo-realistic. And yes, of course, Ka, if we're going to go into that. That's true. I mean, Ka was, you know, insanely large as well. But again, it was kind of a weird cameo appearance. And you saw her in vines and in trees. So, you know, you did get the scope of how big she was, but not like King Louis. I mean, it was, that, that was an odd choice, but it, it kind of made sense, I guess. Um, now, what did you think of the difference in visuals between the animals? Um, well, I think we both noted that the fur on the uh, the wolves mm-hmm. was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's it, you, what, what, what can you say? I mean, it, it it's about as close to real wolf fur as you could possibly see on a screen without it actually being wolf fur i mean the 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 hand running through the fur looked Mm -hmm. totally natural you know the way it blew in the wind was was totally natural uh and the way that the mouths moved because again you can mimic you can bring in you know an animal and have someone run their hand through the fur you know chop it up put it in the film but when the animals are speaking and the camera is looking directly at them and their mouths are moving, you know, mm-hmm. I mean like that, it was just tremendous. Yeah. Baloo, Baloo's fur, not as good. Did they yeah. start running low on, on money or something when they did Baloo's fur? I, yeah. I, I really wonder why it looked different because it did. It, it significantly looked different mm-hmm. than the wolves and Shere Khan. Shere Khan and the wolves, something about I mean, maybe it is just texture, but that fur, and that visual styling was, it was the highlight. It maybe was, maybe Baloo was uh, animated uh, 10 years ago. Oh, I don't think it was quite that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and there are a bunch of other animals in this in various parts, and all of them, you know, looked realistic, and they... I wanted to really what, put a big shout out to mm-hmm. whoever's working on uh, the animal movement. Yeah. Uh, the movement of, of Bagheera, the movement of Shere Khan... Uh, it was it was as far as i can tell it was flawless it yeah. was it was truly amazing watching these big cats moving the way that you could totally see a yeah. big cat moving i mean not not smooth because that's not necessarily how how big cats move but with that with that movement of the shoulders all of the musculature wow. in the back and everything i mean yeah it was it was absolutely just incredible visually um now, we saw it in IMAX 3D, which 
I still am not a huge fan of IMAX 3D because there is just too much information. It is sensory overload in some parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were only a few parts where it really felt like you know things were coming at you. You don't need to see it in, in 3D. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. If you want to see it in a big screen, go see it in IMAX. Mm-hmm. But the 3D, I, I just did not think it was, was really necessary. Um, I mean, I'd actually, I, I'd really happily see it again uh, in, in non-3D uh, just mm-hmm. to see if it was, I'm, I'm kind of foreshadowing my opinion here, if it's quite as wondrous <laughs> right. in non-3D as it, as it was in 3D. I'm guessing it, it probably is. Though. Yeah, and there, there were a couple of shots right in the beginning, the tracking shots where it's going through the forest where it looks blurry. Yeah, Because it I is agree. trying, and like Andy and I both kind of adjusted our glasses a little bit to see... Yeah, kind of what was going on, but it was just, it, yeah, it, it is. They still are not there yet. They're really close mm-hmm. to getting it, but, but yeah. And so, as far as the scope, as far as the scenery, what they were able to do with one human actor and building this world was also incredible. Because I mean, when he is in the water, like they probably, I think they they showed a featurette of him like in a pool, you know, with a bunch of green screen. But in general. As we're watching it, there were only a couple times when it did not feel like the right world for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the attention to detail mm-hmm. uh, on all kinds of levels was was fantastic. I, I, I pointed out to John, <laughs> and this is this is so prosaic, but it's but it's important that you mm-hmm. know. I was watching. Um, I, I don't remember if it was Bargera or Sher Khan on, on on a riverbank, and he was just pressing oh, yeah. his paw down into you know the mud, and and sort of you you he's talking. There's there's a scene going on, but I was just noticing as the paw was just applying pressure to the to the the, the riverbank that you know there was there was a little bit of water weeping out and there was a little bubble and i think wow such an amazing attention to detail uh, mm-hmm. on something which is so unimportant and the, which you know it, it, it doesn't advance anything yeah. anywhere but it, it's just amazing wow yeah. so much time was spent just on that one little bit when it when they easily could have just focused on the face exactly. and the fur and the movement yeah but it was the whole thing and in that same scene when he is in the riverbank and his paws are going into the mud, all of the creatures behind him and the way that they react to him. I mean, yeah, it just from front to back, basically foreground to background. It was, it was just spot on. Yeah. There's, there's, there's somebody working on 25th monkey just as there is on 250th monkey. The the third assistant digital director. (laughs) Um, And so, and going into this movie, I mean, I was, I was really excited for the movie I had some reservations because the original, the Disney original, was one of my favorites growing up. Growing up, just kind of as as a young brown kid, I did not really have as many roles in film that I could I could look at, characters and movies that I could relate to in that sense. I had Mowgli, and then later on I had Aladdin. That mm. was about it. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, going into this, I, I was... You know, it, it was pretty close to me, so I was hesitant. But yeah, I mean, it it did not disappoint. But but the, my question here is is who is this movie for? Is it for the kids who reveled, or the age of kids who reveled in the original Jungle Book, or or not? Because there was there was a fair amount of violence in this. There was, yeah. There, there were definitely some. There were some young kids in the audience when we saw it. 
Um, and when you say violence, there was physical violence, but you never saw blood actually in any of the fight scenes, even though there were some pretty intense mm-hmm. fight scenes. And again, we saw it in IMAX. We saw it in 3D on one of four laser projection IMAX theaters in the world. So there were, it was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was no blood. And the little kids in the audience, I definitely had my ear out because there were some times when Shere Khan would swipe, you know, right at the camera and everyone kind of, you know, took, was taken aback. Mm-hmm. So, but as far as your question with the generational thing, I definitely think this is an easy transition for the people that grew up with the original, taking their kids to see this. Will it be the same? No, because it is tonally much different. It does not have the levity of a musical. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely think it was a good bridge. I think that if a kid sees this who has not seen the original and then watches the original, I think they would be fine. So you think the uh, the next uh, Jungle Book might be directed by Ilya Naishula in first person, uh, maybe? <laughs> in Mowgli's first person view as he is jumping <laughs> through the trees. Uh, th- that would give people headaches for mm. sure. Um, and a lot of this movie, again, I, I mean, John Favreau's director has really, really come into his own in the past decade, I would say. I mean, with Iron Man. Um, so the way that they shot it, there were so many scenes that were from Mowgli's perspective, which is really cool. You know, scenes where uh, Raksha, his mother, is talking to him. The camera is either looking straight at her or the camera's a little bit down, so you're looking up at her Mm -hmm. in a lot of the characters. So it gave you that engagement without it being, you know, obviously the first-person perspective, which they really should avoid for for a movie (laughs) like this. Ever, ever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else there that... uh, There was another Jungle Book movie that was kind of on, on the docket that Andy Serkis was going to be championing championing uh because of course it is andy circus and he wants to do mocap because he is the best at mocap ever uh that pretty much is kind of getting shelved at the moment i don't think we need another jungle book for the next 10 years maybe i mean shoot how many i mean there were there were a lot of years between Mm -hmm. that well there was the live action jungle book in the 90s with jason scott lee um, that one I, I remember liking, uh, Mowgli was like in his late teens, twenties, early twenties. Do you remember that one? No, I'm afraid I no. somehow must've missed that gem. It was, it was good. I actually think Carrie, was Carrie Ellis in it? If only there was a machine to my right where I could look up this exact thing that I am talking so about. Basically what you're saying is that we, we can expect Andy Serkis to be, uh, starring in, uh, another jungle book within the next 10 years. Cause that's how often they should be yet. Uh, I would be okay with them not doing another Jungle Book for for quite a while. Uh, so let me see Jungle Book. There we go. Okay, so Jungle Book, nineteen ninety four, starred Jason Scott Lee. Uh, yep, Carrie Ellis. Boom. I love that man. Uh, I, yeah, I remember really liking that movie, and that used mostly, actually, I think all real animals that he just kind of quote unquote spoke to. Um, so there wasn't a gigantic orangutan then? <laughs> no, there, there was a regular sized orangutan, okay. which granted are yeah. pretty gigantic. Pretty big anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we covered most things. It was definitely a very emotional 
movie. I mean, it hit on on a lot of those things that Disney is just so good at doing. I mean, scenes where, you know, Rock Shine, and this is in one of the featurette clips that you can find on YouTube, so it is not a spoiler. Uh, and it is not a spoiler because, first of all, the story was written in like the 30s, I want to say, by Richard Kipling. Maybe, Andy? Hmm? I'm not gonna, I wasn't actually around then, John, so I'm Well, I mean, say. you know. We weren't, I wasn't, yeah. Um, so there are scenes when, when Mowgli, you know, has decided to leave the pack and he is talking to Raksha. I mean, just, and she is saying that no matter where you go, no matter what they call you, you will always be my son. And just the emotion in not only Mowgli, the human actor, but the emotion in Raksha, this animated creature. I mean, again, just like Andy said, I mean, when you're looking at the face and you're looking at the eyes, the mouth, I mean, it was just, it was tremendous. So 1894 was when Richard Kipling wrote the original Jungle Book. So this story has been around a long time, so there are no spoilers. Uh, If anyone says anything about spoilers, go read a book from 1894. And there are actually, there are a series of of books, but that does not really matter. Well, like the Oz books, really. Yeah, actually. That a lot of people only know of one, even Mm -hmm. though there were multiple books. Uh, Mowgli, in the original books, does go into the human village, comes back a couple times, I think, and yeah. But anyway, so... uh, on to the rating system, which I already explained in this episode, so I will just do a quick recap. Good, bad, or ugly are the three choices. Andy, go. I uh, don't think anybody could disagree with this being a good. 100% absolutely agree. You would have to really find things. And that is the thing. In a lot of movies, they are apparent. This one, if, if someone was not enjoying, if someone did not enjoy this movie, I would really want to know why. They, they hate life. Right. I mean, if you do not like heartwarming stories, if you do not like absolutely incredible animation, I mean, yeah. So, you, you, can, you can pick holes in it. Like I said, I, uh, the grating part of the American accent on, on Mowgli. Right. But, but you know what? That's, that's a side to all the amazing things in this movie. Totally agree. So if it was not already apparent, I absolutely give this a good... Uh, when I got done seeing it, I mean, I would, I would see it again. Uh, we went to an advanced screening of it an IMAX 3d. And like Andy already said, I would absolutely go and pay for this movie without the 3d, even without IMAX. I mean, just because it was a tremendous movie. Yeah. And that I was, mean, I, I would think twice about bringing your very youngest kids maybe, but yeah, yeah I mean, cause yeah. there, there were, there was scary imagery, but a lot of it was just kind of jump scares. Um, it was things that happened, you know, right away. Uh, but <laughs> I just snapped and then Andy shook his head in silence at me. <laughs> so, I mean, th- there were definitely jump scares and the tone of it. I mean, Idris Elba is terrifying mm-hmm. and menacing yep. as Shere Khan. Um, so, yeah, little, little kids, I think, I think would be a little scared. Anybody else? Fantastic. Take them. Yep. Go. Go see it. Yep. Go, go see this movie. It opens on April 15th, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this is, like, this is coming out next week. So, on Wednesday. So, go see the movie. It will be in theaters by the time this episode <laughs> drops. So, all right. So, for this episode, just a quick recap. 
Hardcore Henry, I gave a good. <laughs> I gave it bad. And to give it bad, Jungle Book, unanimous, absolutely good Group. movie. Go see it as soon as possible. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at about to review. Uh, we are now officially on iTunes. So I would love it if you guys went on there. Uh, rate the show if you want to. Subscribe to it. I have no idea how the rating system would work or how I view those, but I'm sure I will figure it out. So in the meantime, then look forward to the coming episodes. I have been John. I have been Andy. Until next time. <laughs>